At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Rush Hour with Danny Burke on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome to it, folks. Time for another edition of Rush Hour presented by Bet Rivers on this Tuesday evening. Thank you for being with us. I'm Danny Burke, your host. You can follow me on Twitter at Danny Burke 5. The network is VEASAN, and you can follow along on the tweets for VEASAN at VEASAN Live. For the next hour, we'll be talking some NFL Championship Weekend props momentarily. Want to go over all four teams Team total props, see if there's any value in that region of betting. And we got the rest of the week to go all throughout it. So we got player props that we'll discuss. We got first half lines. But tonight, I wanted to focus on those team totals. Further along, 15 minutes from now, host of the New York City cast and Point Spread Weekly contributor, it's Will Hill, frequent flyer on the show. He's got thoughts on that big NBA game tonight with the Nets taking on the Lakers. Anthony Davis back in the mix. We'll see how he's handicapping that one on the hardwood. And then he's also got some early plays for championship weekend. 30 minutes from now, we are going on the ice. Our guy Nick Alberga will be sharing his top plays throughout the rink in a half hour. So excited to talk puck with Nick. And then at the end of the show, Danny's Dimes coming off a nice 2-0 effort last night. Looking to keep that rolling with a couple more bets, one in basketball and one in hockey. But let's go ahead and begin this edition of Rush Hour talking about NFL Championship Weekend. I know we went into it last night and I kind of gave my early two cents on the on both of the matchups. And Like I said, I mean, the nice thing about these games being narrowed down is we get a lot more betting opportunities earlier in the week. And some of those consisting of the total points by each respective team. And a lot of times you get that a tad bit earlier in the week, but not really when you get a full slate of games. So it's nice to get that toward the beginning. So I wanted to spend some time diving into that aspect of things. So let's begin with this Chiefs and Bengals matchup and look at each team's total points. Starting with Kansas City, high total, but... Who's surprised, right? I mean, what have we come to expect? We've come to expect offense on a consistent basis out of this team, and that's been reflected based on the fact that their total points prop is set at 30 and a half at Bet Rivers and still shaded to the over, minus 134, under 30 in the hook. You're getting a little bit of plus money, plus 108. So looking into this, I mean, in the postseason thus far, the Chiefs have scored 42 points in each playoff game. you got to respect the consistency. Not sure if they'll be able to get 42 in this matchup, but that certainly gives confidence in going toward the over. Furthermore, this season overall, they're averaging 30 points per game, and they have gone over it in a majority of the games, counting the postseason, 11 
out of 19 games, the Chiefs have eclipsed the number of 30 and a half total points. Now, looking at their opponent, Cincinnati, a pretty good defense, not bad, especially against the run. They're really solid. Where they do tend to slack is in their secondary, and we know that's where the Chiefs love to thrive and aim toward attacking their opponents. And they did a good job of doing so earlier this season. Though they did lose that game in Cincinnati, Kansas City was still able to muster up 31 points in that contest. And the Bengals, look, again, defensively, you don't really view them as a great defense. And I'm not saying they're great, I guess, but they're definitely a little bit undervalued. They've only allowed four opponents to score more than 30 points against them. One of them being Casey, as we just alluded to. The Chargers dropped 41 against them, as well as the Cleveland Browns also racked the 41. Then how about the New York Jets, if you recall, when they dropped that game? The Jets put up 34 points against the Bengals. So only a small number of teams have gone over this market. But Kansas City earlier in the season, as we alluded to, was one of them tallying up 31. Now you get them at home in Arrowhead in a revenge spot and coming off a big win against the Bills. You think they could put another high-scoring performance together? Well, looking deeper into this Bengals defense, they do rank 19th overall in DVOA defense, 24th against the pass, and 13th against the run. Now, a metric we always like to utilize is the yards per play. And the Chiefs are averaging 6.1 yards per play up to this point from the season to the postseason, which now puts them number one in the NFL. If you recall, San Francisco was number one at 6.1, but they dropped down to six yards per play. Kansas City reigns at the top, averaging 6.1 yards per play. Last game against the Bills certainly helped, and against the Steelers, honestly, too. The last three games, Kansas City is averaging 6.7 yards per play. Think they can continue that against Cincinnati? Well, looking at what the Bengals have done in defensive yards per play, so what are their opponents getting on a yard per play basis? 5.6 is what they're surrendering. That is 23rd in the NFL. So bottom of the pack defensively for them and 5.9 more recently in the last three games. I'm not in love with this number for the Chiefs by any stretch of the imagination. However, the only way I would approach it is to bet the over. I just don't like laying that juice. So I'm probably going to be a little bit patient with this one specifically. And if I want to get involved, I'll see if there's some buyback on the under and maybe it kind of get maybe like a minus 115 each way. And if that's the case, then I could be more enticed to bet the over for the Chiefs. But I think there's a better alternative I guess you could say in this game for looking at the total points for the teams and of course that would have to be with the Cincinnati Bengals now currently at Bet Rivers 23 and a half is the number over minus 118 under is minus 104 now in some other books what they allow you to do is actually buy up on those team total points and for example you could do 24 and a half at a different location but you're laying to the under minus a buck 50 if you really like it that might be your best route to take Nevertheless, at 23 and a half, you look at this Bengals team, they're averaging 26.6 points per game this season. In the postseason thus far, they've racked up 26 versus the Raiders and then 19 last week at Tennessee. In that prior game against Kansas City where they won, they put up 34. They've gone over 23 and a half points in 11 out of 19 games this season. The Chiefs defensively have allowed opponents over this mark in 10 out of 19 games. If we recall, Kansas City had that stretch during the season where their defense was abysmal, but then they really flipped the script and started turning things around. Defensively, the rankings not great, though. I mean, they're 24th overall in DVOA defense, 23rd against the pass, and 20th against the run. Bengals offensively. 5.8 yards per play, eighth best in the National Football League. However, just 4.7 yards per play in the last three games. 
and 5.4 on the road. He also got to remember, I mean, that third game was against the Browns where they weren't playing their starters. But still, their offense hasn't necessarily been lighting it up as of late. Uh, Kansas City, again, defensively not the best. They're surrendering 5.8 yards per play, 28th in the NFL, 5.7 the last three games, but a little bit better at home, 5.6. So if you get this at 24.5 and you're not laying an obscene amount, I think going to the under would be the right play with Cincinnati. And, of course, you may not have that available at your book. So even if you're still seeing 23.5 and you're laying less juice to the under, I would look under with the Cincinnati Bengals here. Now, again, the Chiefs defense not the greatest but they have improved and what could benefit them is just how terrible the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line is that's been on display the whole season but even more so this past week against Tennessee and in that game as we know well they didn't really have the best offensive performance just 19 points Kansas City will probably control time of possession they're going to be methodical on how they work the offense, and that will limit the chances of Joe Burrow and company. And look, if this is a slower type of game to where it's just, you know, Kansas City taking their time, and it's close enough in that sense, I think you could just see Cincinnati ending up probably at about 20 points or something like that. Maybe a 30 to 20 type of game wouldn't surprise me. 31, so you're right around that over to Kansas City, which we're leaning. But I have a little bit more confidence in Cincinnati staying under their team total of 23 and a half. Would choose that over the Chiefs probably. All right, looking at the later game then, let's talk Rams and let's talk 49ers. Los Angeles, 24 in the hook is their team total prop for Sunday over under minus 112 each way. This is a team that's averaging 27.6 points per game this season versus Arizona. First game of the postseason, dropped 34. This past Sunday at Tampa Bay, dropped 30. But against San Francisco, it's been a different story. 10 points the first game, 24 the next game. So they've been limited to under this both times against Shanahan and company. However, they've gone over this mark in 13 out of 19 games. Again, the two games they've struggled, though, have been from San Francisco and a few more. But the 49ers have only allowed seven opponents over 24.5 points this season. They rank seventh overall in DVOA, uh, DVOA defense, 16th against the pass, but second against the run. The Rams offensively getting a lot better, especially when he gives Stafford some time. He's averaging six, or the Rams, I guess, are averaging six yards per play on average now, which is second best in the National Football League. 5.6, though, in their last three games. And that third game, remember, was against the 49ers, final game of the season. Defensively, 49ers are studs. They're limiting opponents to just 5.1 yards per play, which is third best, and 4.2 in the last three games. No offense out of Green Bay. We saw that. They limited Dak Prescott in that prolific offense in Dallas and then did a great job after surrendering 17 points, came back from that deficit, final game of the season, and defeated the Rams. So I probably wouldn't be running to bet the over on this Rams team with their total points considering I already liked the full game under. I'd probably lean more toward the under because of that hook at 24 with the Rams. But any interest here with the 49ers team total then? 21 and a half is the number. The juice is on the under here. Minus a buck 20 over is minus 103. San Francisco is actually pretty decent offensively despite us thinking they don't have a good offense because, well, Jimmy Garoppolo ain't lighting it, up, uh, lighting it up necessarily. But they are averaging over 24 points per game. They scored 23 at Dallas, first game of the postseason, then 13 at the Frozen Tundra against Green Bay this past week. Versus the Rams in the two games they won, dropped 31, dropped 27. So they've gone over their team total points prop both times against the Rams, whereas for the Rams, they have stayed under. 
Now, they've gone over this mark overall in 12 out of 19 games this season. Rams have allowed opponents over this mark in 11 out of 19 games this season. Rams are still a good defense, though, folks. They rank fifth overall in DVOA defense, six against the pass, and fifth against the run. 49ers, though, offensively, remember, great with yards per play. Six is what they're averaging. Rams are surrendering 5.2, though, which is fourth best in the NFL. You can get some 20.5s out there if you do a little bit of searching. If you get the 20.5, I think you look over with the 49ers. Otherwise, I think it's probably just a stay away. I would probably look at the full game total under here overall at 47, which is what you're seeing now. But for the respective team totals, I still think going under with the Bengals would be my top choice. More on that and some NBA conversation coming up next here on Rush Hour. Will Hill joining us. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is Rush Hour on VSN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts that are designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. And you've got city casts available in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Los Angeles, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local city cast wherever you get your podcasts available, and you get hooked up multiple episodes a week. Great, solid local sports betting content. Alrighty, back at it on this Tuesday night. Thank you for being with us. The show is Rush Hour here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Danny Burke, your host, broadcasting live out of the Bat River Sportsbook in Des Plaines, Illinois. And joining us out on the East Coast, the man himself, host of the New York City cast, Will Hill, who you can follow on Twitter at NotTheWillHill. And, uh, Will, we've got NFL action to go through. I know you're sweating out a big exact price with a prop that you made quite some time ago. And you are talking about, I think, a week or two ago, and we'll get into that in a sec. But I want to talk some NBA really quick first because we got an exciting matchup in your neck of the woods. Brooklyn taking on Los Angeles not the best go about it for Brooklyn tonight because you get no Kyrie at home because of the COVID-19 mandates and Kevin Durant managing his injury right now. And as for the Lakers, well, you're getting Anthony Davis back. And I don't know, I guess, I mean, you're healthy for the Los Angeles, but the team that's uh, really hard to handicap, so to speak. Yet they're a four-point favorite here, Will. Total at 225. Uh, did you get involved with anything for this game tonight? 
Yeah, I grabbed the four with the Nets. I just think with Davis coming back, maybe he'll be rusty. You know, he'll probably be on some sort of minutes restriction. It's not like they're going to play him 40 minutes his first night back. And he was not great uh, before he came back. And I just think this is uh, an overpriced Lakers team. I've been fading him a lot. Now, I'm starting to see some futures on where they're 15 to one to win it all. You know, nine to one to come out of the West as down on them as I've been. You know, if you have a healthy LeBron, healthy AD in the playoffs, that's a tempting price. But as far as tonight, I am taking the Nets plus four. I just think this is uh, an inflated price based on Davis coming back. Not sure he'll be, you know, 100% healthy, raring to go uh, right away. And and you said it, you know, Durant's out, uh, Irving's out. It just, it, it, it seems like it's kind of cursed here with the Nets. They got these three guys together about a year ago. They traded for Harden. It just, one of them always seems to be out, you know, for some reason or the other, but it's injuries, COVID stuff. Uh, you know, Harding got hurt in the playoffs last year. So did Kyrie. It just doesn't seem like it's ever going to click for these three here with the Nets. Yeah, and look, this game is very intriguing because of that. Like, how can James Harden still manage this team despite that? And they have some decent role players to help suffice on a game-to-game -game basis. But when it gets to the postseason, they're definitely going to need to be healthy. And that's really what the most important thing to them is at this point, as opposed to really tallying up those games during the regular season. But tonight should be a fun one. And I, and I hear you. I mean, it's kind of hard to ignore taking the four with a still dominant Brooklyn team against the Lakers team. That is just a mess as of this point. You're right. The unknown of Anthony Davis. Uh, well, I was teasing you up already, or I was teasing your bet up about what you had for the exact price for the Super Bowl matchup. So before we get your analysis on these games, let the people know again what you're sweating out for your long shot. Well, that's the one good thing about listening to the New York City cast. You get good picks. The bad thing is you have to listen to me uh, give them out. <laughs> well, look, I gave out 125 to 1 Chiefs. Uh, I'm sorry, the Bengals to play the 49ers in the Super Bowl. So you wake up Sunday with a chance here. Uh, the other one I gave out was Bills and uh, 49ers 60 to 1. That died a painful, painful death the other day. But uh, you still got a shot here. I don't know if I'm going to hedge, if I'm going to tease. Uh, there's certain ways I could play this. I could just ride it out and hopefully the Bengals get a lead. Um, and, and kind of buy out on the Chiefs money line. I, I have a hard time. I kind of I make this game seven as high on the Bengals as I've been. I kind of think this is going to be a Chiefs victory. It's just hard to see Cincinnati blocking well enough. Now they did play him a few weeks ago. Both teams averaged over seven yards per play. The Bengals won the game. I remember Chase, you know, had 260 something yards. Burrow threw for four touchdowns, 450 yards. The Bengals will move the ball. I just don't know that they'll get enough stops. I would look towards. You know, if you're looking for a bet in this one, and you probably are, over 30 and a half team total for the Chiefs. I just think the Chiefs have kind of found their groove this second half of the year. I think they'll move the ball up and down on this Cincy team. I think Cincy will be in it. I think they'll have their moments. I mean, they're not afraid. Burrow is, is fearless. You know, he goes in Alabama and wins. He wins national titles. I uh, won that game the other day. He's a, he's a gutty player. He's a hell of a player. And they got some weapons, so I think they'll score plenty of points. I just, I don't know that my ticket's going to quite get home, but look at 125 to one, you're right there. So you got a chance to hedge and at least make some money on it. No doubt about it. Yeah. Awesome outlook for you in terms of your exact matchup for the Super Bowl. And it's funny you brought up the Chiefs team total. We were just talking about that in the first segment with the Chiefs at about 30 and a half. Bengals consensus about 23 in the hook. I kind of actually leaned toward the under with Cincinnati, Will, just because their offensive line, I mean, we know is so bad. And I love Joe Burrow. Don't get me wrong. He's a great quarterback. They got great weapons. But the Chiefs are going to know how to expose him, in my opinion, is the thing. And you got the revenge angle as well. But then you got to factor in the spread. I mean, everybody's probably unanimously agreeing for the most part that Kansas City is going to take care of business. But it gets tricky when you look at it with the spread at the key number of seven. Do you think this is going to move off the seven? And if so, which direction do you think? Yeah, I think it's a great point. I think if it gets to seven and a half, you'll see the sharps, you know, the professional betters grab the seven and a half. 
I don't know how much you buy into this, and I don't know how much I buy into it. It's crossed my mind, though. Is there a letdown? It's, it's weird to say that for an AFC title game, but that was such a crazy, emotional game. You know, everyone's crowning them after uh, beating the Bills, and rightfully so. Does it take them a minute to get their feet under them Sunday? You know, they look up, and all of a sudden, hey, it's 10 nothing, and they're kind of uh, off to a slow start, and the Bengals drive, and, you know, Mahomes throws a, a tip-pick interception, or or Butker misses a kick, and all of a sudden, it's 10 nothing, and the Chiefs have to wake up. We've seen them do that before. I mean, they won their, their title two years ago. They trail by 10 points in every single playoff game and end up winning every playoff game by 10 points, believe it or not. Um, yeah, I, I think seven's probably the right number. I think at six and a half, I'd take the Chiefs. At seven and a half, I'd take the Bengals. At seven, uh, I'd probably just look for some props or some team totals. All right, let's talk NFC Championship matchup. San Francisco, Los Angeles, the third time these teams are meeting and San Francisco has handled business pretty Pretty efficiently the first two games, I think most people would say. But in this matchup, Will, they're catching three in the hook. Total bouncing back and forth from 47 and 46 and a half. What happens in matchup number three between these West Coast squads? I like the Niners. I would certainly take the three and a half. Uh, you beat a team one time, in, one time, two times in a row, maybe three. You start to catch some. Six in a row, it, it's a trend. And there's this weird thing in the NFC West where it's kind of rock, paper, scissors where the Seahawks own the Niners, the Niners own the Rams, the Rams own the Cardinals. Everyone seems to match up well against one of the other teams. To me, there's something to it. It's a matchup thing. It's a toughness thing. I'm not sure exactly what it is, uh, but they killed them. Remember on that Monday night game, middle of November or so. And then just a few weeks ago, week 18, the Niners are done. It's 17, nothing. They're out of it. They come all the way back. They tie it. Rams take the lead again. And it's like, it's fourth and seven. Robbie gold is in there punting because the punter gets hurt with like two minutes left. Uh, they're out of timeouts. And the Niners get the ball back. They go 90 yards, force overtime, winning in overtime. And here they are. If they don't go those 90 yards, they're not even in the playoffs. Now they win at LA that week, at Dallas, at Green Bay. It's been a hell of a journey to get here. Uh, I think I saw the stat. No team has ever won four road games in a row in the NFL. So they would be the first. Uh, again, most teams don't play four road games in the NFL. But to me, they're live. Uh, they've matched up well against the Rams. Uh, to me, it's a field goal game at worst. I give them a really good chance to win this game. Yeah, I actually, I think I saw the same thing. I thought it was like one team. It was like 1966, like the Chiefs were yeah, the only maybe. team to do it. But, but yeah, like nobody has virtually done it. So, you know, naturally that doesn't instill too much confidence in the San Francisco team. But Will, I mean, kind of as you're alluding to, I mean, Shanahan has just had their number. And we're looking at it from a spread perspective, and you're getting it over the key number of three. So it's hard to ignore what the 49ers have consistently been able to accomplish this season, and especially against the Rams. And Will, we got like a minute left really quick. Um, when you look at what the Bucs didn't do against the Rams, to me it was not get pressure on Matt Stafford. Do you think that that's going to be a different outlook from this 49ers squad in terms of what they're going to do up front? I think they'll get pressure. I mean, they were all over Rodgers. Think about it. Rodgers went right down the field the first drive, and then they had the busted play to Jones. Other than that, it was nothing for the, for the Packers. It was like two yards per play. I mean, all the Packers needed was another field goal here, you know, punch one of those in to, to end the game. The 49ers weren't doing a lot. Uh, on offense, I do think the 49ers will get pressure. Uh, we're running out of time. I would give one prop bet here, though, uh, a player prop, Garoppolo under passing yards. It's 220-something, 230-something. Uh, I just saw it. I don't think I, I don't think he'll be throwing the ball a lot. It'll run, run, and run some more. You know, He'll throw it a little bit, but that's, that's a high total. People like to bet overs, but I think there's definitely some value uh, on, under there. And then I forgot to ask you, I know you're looking at the Mahomes Super Bowl MVP bet early on, right? Assuming if they win, the Valley's going to go down a lot? Yeah, plus it's just a hedge. Uh, that might be the one way to hedge my my Chiefs bet is to take Mahomes for MVP. It's plus 175. Shop around for the best number, obviously. 
But you figure they win, they'll be three and a half, four point favorites, whoever they play in the Super Bowl. And then Mahomes will be minus, I don't know, 150, minus 160 to win the MVP. Uh, and it's a, just a nice way to hedge. You figure if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, it's going to be very hard for anyone other than Mahomes to win the MVP. And you're getting better value than the Chiefs right now at Bet Rivers to win the whole dang thing, plus 125. So Will's right. Shop around, get some good value. Realistically, if the Chiefs are going to win, it's going to go hand-in-hand hand with Mahomes being the Super Bowl MVP. So, Will, as always, my man, thank you for taking some time, giving us some of your bets for tonight and this weekend. Enjoy the weekend, and best of luck with all those plays. Not too much football left. we got to enjoy it. CDB, thanks for having me on. That's right. Got to embrace it. Thanks to Will Hill, who you can follow on Twitter at NotTheWillHill. And again, catch him hosting the New York City cast. Multiple episodes a week. He's been killing it with his plays, as he alluded to, and he's probably going to do a great job this weekend once again. As for tonight, we are going to focus on the puck. Nick Alberga, he's going to be joining us next. See what his top plays are in the NHL. This is Rush Hour on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. VSN has a great new offer to help make this your best betting year ever. And it's with our all new Big Game Big Dance Special, which provides VSN Plus all access to everything we do from right now through April 5th for only $69. Sign up now and get our daily best bets emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming big game and college hoops betting guides, plus full access to vsin.com, along with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every single game. It's one of the most exciting betting seasons of the year, so don't miss out on one of our best deals of the year. Visit vsin.com slash big deal to sign up today. That's vsin.com slash big deal. All right, it's time to talk some puck here on Rush Hour on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Danny Burke, your host, and joining us now, our good pal Nick Alberga on Twitter at the Golden Muzzy. His great work, fantasy hockey analyst with Sportsnet and co-host of the NHL Fantasy Ice Podcast with the NHL. Man, I mean, Nick, you're all over the place. You're doing great work. You're always giving us great info when you join Rush Hour, so we're excited to get your thoughts for the slate tonight. Let's start off. With the Golden Knights and the Carolina Hurricanes. Now, this game has seen some big movement, Nick. And, you know, Vegas on the second leg of a back-to-back, -back, narrowly getting that dub against Washington last night. They're catching plus 195 here. Carolina, minus 230. Total at six. Any value you see in this game for a bet? All in all, I think it's a pretty chalky card in general, Danny, and great to be with you once again. I think you look specifically at this game for everything you just mentioned. Vegas on the back-to-back. -back. It took everything to beat the Washington Capitals 1-0 on Monday night. I just like the Carolina Hurricanes in this game, and I think if you're looking for juice, you look at the puck line as well because the Canes are an upper echelon team in this league. You look conversely at Vegas. They're pretty dinged up right now. There's a couple guys close to returning to that lineup, but their number one goalie, Robin Leonard, won't play tonight either, where you look at Carolina, they're rested and ready to go. So I like the Canes by quite a bit tonight. Yeah, I'm with you on that one, too. I was kind of looking at them earlier, missed the boat a little bit, but hey, you got the puck yeah. line or in hockey from time to time. I mean, you know, to me, sometimes you got to be willing to lay a little bit more in the sport of the NHL because you get a really good read in some certain situations, and this one definitely advantageous. 
to the Hurricanes. And, you know, Nick, a little bit more so on VGK, just to get your thoughts. They're such a strange team this season, it seems. And to be frank, like you said, I mean, they've been dinged up a lot of this season. But for some reason, they've played a little bit better away from home ice. Why do you think that is? Is this just kind of like an aberration of what we would usually see from them? Are they going to switch it around? I mean, what, what has been your assessment of this team? Will they get some consistency? Uh, what are we dealing with here? Yeah, honestly, I chalk it up to just attention to detail. I think they're well aware that their big boys are not currently playing. Max Pacioretty, Mark Stone's in the COVID list. Jack Eichel could make his debut in the next month. No Alec Martinez. Like, it's a... It's a long list, so I think they're hammering it home, and they being the coaching staff when they go on the road, especially in ruckus buildings like PNC Arena tonight in Raleigh, where I think the attention to detail has to be there or the game can get away from you because it's kind of fascinating you bring that up because in their existence in this league, the Golden Knights have been unbelievable, almost unbeatable on home ice. So, you know, we called it the Vegas flu for a couple of years, but it just seems like a really difficult and and team to, to read right now. But I think Vegas is an unbelievable team, and I think they have a legit shot this year, Danny. Well, Nick, a team that's been pretty easy to read has been the Philadelphia Flyers. And if you've been fading oh. them, I'm sure you've been making some good money. Yes. <laughs> and they got another game tonight where there's probably a good chance they don't come through. They're plus 205 on the road against the Islanders. And the Islanders minus 245. This total at five in the hook shaded to the under. Do we continue to fade Philly tonight? Yeah, we have to uh, for a variety of reasons. Among them, the Islanders have tons of games to play uh, for rest of season purposes. Uh, you know, many feel they're a playoff team. We'll see. We'll see if they can get back in that conversation. But Philadelphia is just dreadful. Like they found a way to lose that game last night against Dallas. They had their number one Carter Hart in there. I thought he was good once again, but they just can't cook. They can't get the job done. Martin Jones will play tonight. It's a back-to-back, -back. as mentioned. The Islanders are hungry after they were sort of embarrassed over the weekend by the Toronto Maple Leafs. So I'm certainly leaning towards the New York Islanders. If you're looking for some juice, maybe you take them, um, you know, in in regulation, or maybe you take them on the puck line. There's just no way, considering what we've seen from Philadelphia throughout this season, where I could even look at taking them. And you know, it's funny I say that and watch them win this game, but they've been dreadful. <laughs> like they've had two. Two different 10-plus game losing streaks. Like That's hard to do, and they've only played like 45 games. It, it's funny you say that. You're like, watch me say this, and now they end up winning. Because yeah. last night I was looking at them, and I was like, ah, I kind of want to bet the Stars in this game. <laughs> but they've lost so many in a row that inevitably you would think yeah. they're going to have to win at some point. But that just hasn't been the case. What do you think the issue is with this team? I mean, I know there's plenty of it, but like at some point, the guys who are on the team, you think are just like enough of this. I'm sick of being embarrassed. This is a, this is a reflection on me. We got to rally with each other, but it, it seems like everybody's just almost giving up at this point more so. Yeah, more so that, and like they're a train wreck defensively, something we thought they rectified in the offseason. Among them, the big move was Ryan Ellis, but Ellis hasn't been able to stay healthy. He's barely played this season. Um, I think a lot's gone into the goaltending, quite frankly. I think Carter Hart and Martin Jones have actually been pretty decent, but they just are terrible defensively, specifically in their own zone. They're giving up, you know, you know, marquee chances left and right, and that's a recipe for disaster, especially in this league. So I think if there's one place that Philadelphia needs to look, it's on the back end. I think every time they play, I usually lean towards the over. Now it's a bit tricky tonight because it is the New York Islanders who themselves struggle to score goals, but I'm forecasting tons of change in Philadelphia. Um, you know, they made the coaching change. It didn't work out, uh, as we can see under Mike Yo right now. Chuck Fletcher has a lot of work ahead of himself, and among them could be the captain, Claude Giroux, 
who I could see going to a new team. He's a UFA to be, and the trade deadline's March 21st, so look out for that too. All right, Nick, another matchup we'll dive into, Edmonton-Vancouver. Uh, this one a late game, 9 p.m. Central time in Vancouver at home, catching a buck 30, minus 152 for the road favorite in Edmonton. This total is high as six and a half. What do you think goes down for this game? Well, this is another one that's hard to quantify. Again, you know, you look at the Vancouver Canucks, they're really, really banged up when it comes to COVID right now. And the biggest thing for them, they're still without their number one goaltender in Thatcher Demko. In fact, their third stringer, if you want to call him that, and Spencer Martin coming off the COVID list is expected to start for the Canucks. And that's why I think the over-under is where it's at. Then you have the opponent in the Edmonton Oilers. You talk about train wrecks. They've been a disaster for the last month and a half. They can't keep the puck out of the net. So, uh, obviously, with that in mind, it's funny to say, but I'm actually leaning towards the under in this game because I think the attention to detail will be there from both sides. Uh, the the Oilers rather conscious of their goaltending situation, and Vancouver has to be conscious of the fact that it's a third, fourth string net miner in between the pipes, and it's been that way for the last little while. So I think you look at that under, and I think you look at the puck and a half when it comes to the Vancouver Canucks. But outright, I think Edmonton finds a way to win this game. The Canucks are... Uh, you know, are really ravaged right now when it comes to COVID and, and specifically to the some of their marquee players. All right, Nick, before we wrap up here, I got to ask you, like I typically do, any trends that us better should be looking out for, whether mm. it's a team, player, game-to-game -game basis, or whether in the direction of the NHL futures for the Stanley Cup, for divisions, whatever it may be, anything to keep an eye out for as at this point? Well, I'm still riding my uh, St. Louis Blues. I brought that up on the program a, a month and a half ago. I think of note there is maybe a changing of the guard in between the pipes. Ville Husso's been outstanding. Their backup, Jordan Bennington, not so much. So look out for that. I think if you're looking for some DS value, DFS value, I should say, in the second half, I would look at teams, middling teams that are certainly done. I think you look in the Eastern Conference, pretty much set which eight teams are going to be in the Stanley Cup playoffs, at least in my opinion. But I think you can extract some juice in teams like New Jersey and uh, the Buffalo Sabres specifically come to mind that when they get healthy over the next couple of weeks, I think they're going to be a, you know, a tough team to play against. And then even Montreal, you know, they, you know, notwithstanding last night, whatever that was against Minnesota, they've actually sneakily been covering spreads left and right. So as the season goes on, I think you'll see the cream rise to the top, the, the, the top, I should say, in the NHL. And also some teams will start to middle out and go for that number one overall pick. All right, Nick, really quick, I got to ask you, since we are here in Chicago, you know, dire Blackhawks yeah. fan, they've been frustrating to watch and bet on. Are they going to depart with Flurry at some point in this season? Well, that's a big thing because, you know, I'm big, huge into fantasy hockey. And in one of my keeper leagues, I'm trying to deliberate, should I go after Marc-Andre Flurry because I'm needing, I'm in need of net mining? But I, I just think you, 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 you start to think of logical destinations, Danny. I just don't know who that team's going to be. I don't think it's going to be Colorado. I'm not sure he would wave to Edmonton. Maybe it's a Washington, but that's an old nemesis in, in Marc-Andre Fleury's past. Maybe it's a Minnesota. There's just... There's just not really a logical place right now when it comes to Flurry. So I'm probably like 60-40 leaning that he does get traded, but I don't think it's a foregone conclusion by any stretch. Okay, well, we'll definitely keep an eye out, and it will be very interesting to watch it all unfold. And, well, we're excited for tonight to follow along with your picks, Nick. Thank you, as always, for taking some time and delivering that great info. My pleasure. Take care, and we'll talk soon. You got it. Nick Elberga, folks, give him a follow on the tweets at the Golden Muzzy Fantasy Hockey Analyst over at Sportsnet and co-host of the NHL Fantasy on Ice podcast. Great work all around when it comes to handicapping the puck, which we will continue to do as we wrap up another edition of Rush Hour. Next segment, 
It's going to be Danny's Dimes, my best bets for tonight. One of them going to be involved on the ice. And then we got to play with a player prop in the NBA. So stick around that coming up next as we finish a Tuesday edition of Rush Hour right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Rush Hour on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Bet River Sportsbook takes football same game parlays to a whole other level. Now you can combine same game parlays from different games to give you even more ways to make your perfect combination. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today to explore all the new ways you can create your ideal combo. Must be 21, gambling problem, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, call 1-800-GAMBLER, Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT, Colorado, 1-800-522-4700, Michigan, 1-800-270-7117, in Virginia, Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF, playable in New Jersey as play Sugar House, void where prohibited. Final segment on this Tuesday evening. Thank you for being with us. The show is Rush Hour. I'm your host, Danny Burke. You can follow me along on the tweets at DannyBurke5. And as always, we are broadcasting live out of the Bet River Sportsbook here in Des Plaines, Illinois. Got to make your way down. See all the new additions to the casino. They are expanding, and it's looking great. With an already great sports book, crowd filling up for some of the top games for tonight, which we are looking to preview right now with Danny's Dimes, a.k.a. My Best Bets, for the evening. We're coming off a nice little 2-0 effort last night, hoping to keep that up with a couple winners potentially this night, one in hockey, one in the NBA, just as last night. So we'll start with hockey, though. We were just talking with our guy Nick Elberga, got some good insight for some of the other games on tonight's slate. I want to hone in on this matchup up in Seattle with the Kraken taking on the Predators of Nashville. So Nashville opened up about minus 155 in this game. Seattle about plus 140. Total open 5.5, still at 5.5 for the total. The big movement's gone toward Nashville. They're up to minus 177, as I was just mentioning with Nick last segment. And what we talk about a lot of the times here on this show and with VEASAN's betting reporter Josh Applebaum, Hockey's kind of a unique sport, right? And it's one of those sports where sometimes you got to be willing to lay a little bit more for a good situational spot, just for a good spot overall and for a team that has the advantageous situation in favor of them. And 
for this game, I think it clearly goes with the Predators. So I snagged them at about minus 167 for this game on the money line. And they've had a nice little break. I mean, they've had two days off since their last game, and they've won their last two games. They kind of went through a little bit of a dud after getting on a hot streak, but Saros, their goalie, has been phenomenal. And he's projected to start between the pipes tonight. I don't see why he wouldn't, considering that he had two days off in between. And you look at the Seattle Kraken team, they're coming off a win on Sunday. Oddly enough, they beat the Panthers, which is very impressive. But as we know, Florida's a little bit different team on the road as opposed to at home. But Seattle beat them 5-3. to three. Now, the Preds are 13-7-3 on road ice, so pretty solid. And Seattle, not the best home ice advantage. They're 9-13-2 at their home base. And the Kraken, well, they may be missing a couple of key pieces for this matchup. This is going to be the second time these teams have met this season also. They played on October 14th, the Nashville season opener. The Kraken got their franchise's first win against the Preds, 4-3. But you look at the stats overall from that point on to this point in the season. Nashville has clearly been the better team. They're averaging over three goals per game and allowing just 2.7. As for Seattle, they're only racking up 2.7 goals per game and allowing 3.6. No bueno. I mentioned Saros, he has been great overall this season. 22-11-2 is his record. 2.4 goals against average overall and a save percentage of 92.5 along with two shutouts this season. Now on the road, stats aren't as good, but that's not too crazy. I mean, a lot of that happens with your home and road splits. Saros on the road, 9-5-2, 2.85 goals against average and a save percentage still at about 92%. And he's tallied up one shutout on the road this season he was in the net for that first game against seattle gave up three goals on 25 shots so you know unfortunate but maybe you get a chip on your shoulder a little bit of a revenge angle for him against the kraken now tending the net for seattle philip grubauer i mean had a fantastic season last year seattle picks him up not really the goalie they picked him up to be this year he is 10 15 and 4 3.3 goals against average in a save percentage of a measly 88%. At home, he has performed better, 9-8-2, 2.91 goals against average in a save percentage of 89.5. And he was in the net that first victory against Nashville, but he also surrendered three goals, saved 27 out of 30 shots. Nashville's got the momentum coming into this game, and I'm not saying that Seattle doesn't. I mean, they got a nice win against Florida, and they've been doing a little bit better. But looking at those underlying stats, and like I always say, check out VEASAN.com to get Andy McNeil, VEASAN's NHL expert. He goes even further into it. And he was siding with Nashville in this game, and I liked a lot with what he said and just think it's a good situational spot with the better goalie, way better goalie in Soros in Nashville who have a little bit more rest and just better at attacking the net. So I agree with that movement. And I'm playing Nashville on the money line here. Again, I played minus 167. If you're comfortable laying it right now, minus 177 at Bet Rivers. If not, puck line you can always get with Nashville plus 145. You can look at the win and regulation angle. Or you can always wait for in-game to see if it's tied for a lot of it. You get a better number or they trail early. But I'm feeling pretty good about Nashville on the money line, 9 p.m. Central time on the road against the Kraken. So that's what we got. With the puck tonight in terms of our best play, let's go to the NBA where I'm looking at a player prop for the premier matchup this evening. We previewed it a little bit with Will Hill about 20, 30 minutes ago, and this is that Lakers-Nets matchup where no Kyrie Irving, no Kevin Durant for the Nets, so James Harden probably going to have to do a brunt of the work, a large brunt of the work tonight. 
But the last time that these teams met, James Harden went off 30-plus points. But another teammate alongside him also got 30-plus points, and that was Patty Mills. So I'm intrigued in his points prop tonight. 14-and-a-half is where it was set earlier at Bet Rivers and seems to be the consensus number. I know some are trending up to 15-and-a-half, which I still think you'd probably be pretty safe. But ideally, you could get 14 in the hook. I laid about minus 125 earlier for this spot. Minus 136 is the last we saw at Bet Rivers for Mills, who's averaging 13 and a half points per game this season. But he has gone over this mark of 14 and a half in 18 games this year. And more recently, he has eclipsed this mark in the last four out of six games. Now, I mentioned that game against the Lakers. That took place on Christmas Day, went 11 of 17 from the floor. 8 of 13 from beyond the arc, just absolutely amazing. And then 4-4 from the charity stripe, racked himself up 34 points in that game. Not necessarily expecting the same performance in this matchup, but without Kyrie Irving, without Kevin Durant, someone's going to have to take part in helping James Harden score against this Lakers team. And 69% of his shots, if it wasn't evident that a lot of them come from beyond the arc, with him going 8-13 the last go-around against the Lakers, 69% of his shots do come from beyond the arc, and he's connecting on 43% of them. That puts him in the 90th percentile of accuracy from beyond the three-point line. So great all around from Patty Mills. And the Lakers, you look at them defensively, their opponents are getting a lot of shots up from beyond the arc against L.A., and they're connecting on about 35% of them, which puts them 15th in the association, so right in the middle of the pack. So we know that Anthony Davis is back in the mix for this game for the Lakers. So maybe that adds that defensive presence in the interior, which would really aid in the Nets keeping the ball outside around the perimeter, which would give more looks to Patty Mills. And look, even if Anthony Davis wasn't in the game, that's going to be the philosophy of Brooklyn's offense regardless, as it typically is. But you also have to remember and consider that no Kyrie Irving because of the COVID-19 mandates and him not being vaccinated this game in New York. And then you're looking at Kevin Durant, who's dealing with the injury. Someone else has to step up. And Patty Mills has been that guy a lot of the times that those players have been absent. And it's a favorable matchup against the Lakers, whom he already had success against earlier this season. And with a shorter number at about 14 and a half, it looks like this number is getting on the rise. I think you should jump in on this sooner rather than later. So I played Patty Mills over 14 and a half points at about minus 125. If you're laying juice up until about, you know, minus 135, I'd probably still play that too. And like I said, I mean, even 15 and a half, if you're getting a decent price, I think he probably gets around the 16, 17 point range. But like that angle with Patty Mills over his points prop of 14 and a half this evening. And aside from that, our other play in hockey tonight, we are rolling with the Nashville Predators, minus 167 on the road against the Seattle Kraken in terms of hockey. So those are the two official plays we got for this evening. If you missed it at the beginning of the show, we were talking about some of these team totals for NFL Championship Weekend, and even Will Hill kind of backed it up of what I was saying. The total points by the Chiefs is at 30 and a half. I do not hate the idea at all of playing that over. I'm just not in love with laying minus 134 to do so. So we'll see if that number comes down a little bit. So something to consider would be that angle over 30 and a half for the Chiefs. But the one I really liked is looking for the Bengals to stay under their team total. It's at 23 and a half. If you do a little bit of searching, some books allow you to get 24 in the hook, but you're laying upwards to minus 150. So I'm not rushing to do that. I'm going to wait to see where this total moves and kind of hope we could get a better price. But keep that on your radar. Chiefs and Bengals team totals 
I'm very interested in that. And we'll talk plenty more props throughout the course of this week. Maybe tomorrow we'll do some first half lines, some player props, whatever it may be. We'll have you covered throughout the rest of the week right here on Rush Hour. But that's going to do it for another edition of the show. Thank you to everybody for joining us and tuning in. Best of luck with all your plays. Until tomorrow, take care and cash some tickets. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.